Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Mark 1, verse 21. They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and began to teach. And they were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The first one that acknowledged who he was was first of all John the Baptist when he said, Behold the Lamb of God. But there was this, this guy in the synagogue. He, he had a demon, but the demon knew who he was. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him, and they were amazed, so that they debated among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately the news about him, the King James says his fame, spread everywhere into all the surrounding district of Galilee. People were astonished at what happened. They were having churches like every other Sabbath for weeks, months, probably years. Everyone showed up and they were just kind of sitting there and doing their thing and all of a sudden Jesus is talking and right in the middle of what he was saying all of a sudden someone just start, hollers. You know, it's like, ah! <laughs> I tell you, when the anointing shows up, it stirs something in the realm of the Spirit. They can't, the demons just can't sit there when the anointing of God is powerful and strong. They, it, it agitates them. And, and they, they just can't, they just, ah! They just got to release But Jesus didn't speak to the man, he spoke to the demon. He said, come out of him. And set him free. I want to talk to you just for a little bit this morning. Actually, I just feel like I want to start. I'm not sure, there may be other messages following this one, but I just feel like I want to talk to you this morning for a little bit about the ministry of deliverance. One of my favorite topics. But I tell you, there's nothing, there's nothing that gives me so much pleasure to see God set somebody free from, from the influence of an evil spirit. I mean, it just it gives them a whole new life. And the ministry of deliverance was very prominent in the ministry of Jesus. Everywhere he went, everywhere he went, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you see him, you see Jesus basically doing three things. First of all, it's like he always started by, by teaching. It says, and he taught in the synagogue. That's what he was doing here. 
He taught, he healed people, and he cast out demons. It was, it was an integral part of his ministry. Then, and it should be an integral part of his ministry today. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. And healing and deliverance shouldn't be something that's out of the ordinary. It should be a, it should be a very regular occurrence in the church. Because we are his body and his body should be doing the same things today that his body was doing 2,000 years ago. I mean, I'm convinced of it. Let me just read a little bit further. And immediately after church, they went to Denny's. No. Just seeing if you're paying attention. Well, you ought to be at the buffet down south after the Baptist church gets out, man. People are, people are speeding to get to there. And immediately after they came out of the synagogue, they came into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. And Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with a fever, and immediately they spoke to Jesus about her, and he came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand. The fever left her, and she waited on her. And when evening came, after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city had gathered at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. And early in the morning while it was still dark, he got up and left the house and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. And Simon and his companions searched for him, and they found him and said, Everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go elsewhere. Let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby that I may preach there also, for this is what I came for. And he went into their synagogues throughout all Galilee, preaching and what? Casting out demons. It's what he was initially known for. You know, we had somebody in our church on Sunday. We had Joseph, the, the son of Joseph was in our church on Sunday, and he cast a demon out of somebody. That, this, this, this is the word that was spreading. The fact is that there's two kingdoms in operation in the earth. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. In Matthew 12, it says in verse 22, and there was a demon-possessed man. We'll get, I want to get into this a little bit. I want to talk to you a little bit later about this, this word that's translated demon-possessed. Because it's not always translated correctly in, this, in the scriptures. And it causes a lot of uh, misunderstanding in the body of Christ. And we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But anyway. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. King James uses the word dumb. Dumb doesn't mean stupid. It's an old English word that means can't speak. He was brought to Jesus and he healed him so that the man, the mute man, spoke and saw. And all the crowds were amazed and they were saying, this cannot be the son of David, can he? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, this man cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, 
Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. And any city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? But if I by Beel, but, but if I, if I by Beelzebub cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? So he mentions in this passage of Scripture, he mentions two kingdoms. He says Satan has a kingdom. In verse 26, if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided. How will his kingdom stand? And in verse 28, he said, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come. So there's two kingdoms operating in the earth. In the invisible realm, what we can't see. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And one of the things that the one of the things that the deliverance ministry does is it brings these invisible kingdoms, you might say, into, into, into the light. I mean, it's, it's God versus demons. It's, it's light versus darkness. It's good versus evil. And it becomes very manifest. It becomes very public, open. And the Satan hates it because it shows that he loses. He doesn't like to lose. But he's been operating in the earth since the fall. Since the fall of man. What do you think caused Cain to kill Abel? Oh, Abel, did I say that right? Spirit of murder. Been in the earth for, for thousands of years. Still around today. Every time you see someone blow themselves up in the name of, of, of a false god, that is a demon spirit in manifestation. Demons. Every time you see something negative, something destructive, something perverse, they, they, they say, well, this, they had a psych... No, they didn't have a psychological problem. Well, it manifested itself that way. But it was demonically inspired. I mean... Pastor, you think everything that bad happens is the devil? Yes, I do. Because in the garden there was nothing bad. Everything was good. Well, I'm sorry. There was one thing in the garden that wasn't good, and that was that man should not be alone. Other than that, everything was good. Innocence. Peace. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6 tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Why? Why does he, why, what does he, say, what is the context of that? Put on the whole armor, because he said, because we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. This hierarchy of evil spirits. And we need to put on our armor to be protected from them. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand. Stand against what? Stand against all these evil spirits that are wanting to entice and control and dominate and do everything else. First Peter warns us. In First Peter chapter 5, 
What does he say? He says, be vigilant, be on the alert. Why? Because you have an enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So, and, and God doesn't want us to be uh, all fearful and paranoid, but he does want us to be vigilant and alert. I mean, you don't walk around every day and go, oh, um, there's terrorists that are playing against us. There's terrorists that are playing against us. No, but we're vigilant, we're alert, we're watching out for them. It's the way God wants us to be. But knowing our God, knowing the strength that God has, and that he is greater than everything in the, in the realm of darkness. I feel like I could just explode. See, here's the, here's the problem with the, with, when you talk about deliverance. Everybody knows somebody who needs deliverance. That's right. My crazy Uncle Harry, I mean, that guy needs, I mean, he is, he is certified. I mean, this guy needs deliverance. Or my husband, or my wife, you know. Or my boss, or my neighbor, my crazy perverted neighbor. Well, I mean, we always, but never us. Come on, help me. It's all, I know somebody, but no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. But, oh yeah, over there, they, they need it. And so we really kind of subconsciously, we kind of just uh, erase our name from the list. Pastor, have you ever had deliverance? Absolutely. Before you were saved? No, no, after. Let's just stir that pot a little bit. Because, boy, that's a controversy in the body of Christ. We'll get to it. What's a demon? A demon is a spiritual entity that seeks to express itself through a human being. And demons have what, what, I, what I call an appetite. They want you to do whatever they, uh, whatever they, whatever, how, whatever the perverse thing they are, they want you to do that. And when you do that, it's like you feed them and you make them strong. If you have a demon of lust, every time you go on a pornographic website or something like that, you're feeding that thing. It, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to compel you. It's going to push you to do that. Why? Because it wants to be fed. And when it's fed, it gets stronger. And the more you feed it, the stronger it gets. Right. Addictions. All addictions. Gambling. Drugs. You can be addicted to food. Chocolate, donuts. Everybody, every, every, every time I say this, people laugh. Ha ha ha! I had a donut demon. I'm serious. I'm ser- You think you think that's crazy? No, but it, you know what? I would actually lie to my wife and tell her I was going someplace, and I knew that the reason why I was leaving the house was to go get a go get a donut. I'm serious. How many people can't drive by Dunkin' Donuts or Dippin' Donuts without turning in? They're almost compelled to go in. It's a truth. 
Someone who might have a lying demon. Every time they lie, they feed that. I mean, you, you want to tell the truth, but a lie comes out. And I'll tell you what's the to me one of the most powerful and insidious demons on, on the planet is religious demons. Some of the most horrific things that ever that mankind ever did to mankind was done in the name of God. A lot of activity today is demon inspired, demon controlled. Obviously, everything evil, everything negative, everything perverse. But in 1 John, you don't have to go there. In 1 John chapter 4, John talks about the spirit of Antichrist. What's behind you can't hang the Ten Commandments? You can't have a nativity scene. You can't pray in school. You can't do this. You know, what's behind all that? It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's an anti-God spirit that influences a lot of very well-educated people that are too smart to believe in demons. They know better. Again, like I said, this can be a very controversial subject. We used to get a magazine many years ago called Charisma. I remember if you remember Charisma magazine. About 20 years ago, there was a, a pastor wrote an article that was published. And basically the article said this. I always grew up being taught that a Christian can't have a demon. The problem is that I kept meeting Christians that needed deliverance. My experience was not fitting my theology. Now, first of all, let me say this. We can't allow our experience to change the word of God. Sometimes we have to ignore our experience. In other words, the Bible is very clear that God doesn't want anybody to perish, but he wishes that all would be saved. God wants everyone saved. Can we agree on that? It's the will of God that everyone is saved. Now, my experience is not everyone gets saved. So I can't let my experience change that my theology, and that's in that, if I can use that word. You see what I'm saying? I can't, but there are times when our, the, our experience contradicts what we see in the word. And... <coughs> And people have been, there's a large part of the body of Christ that believes that a Christian cannot have a demon. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God in us. And so he wrote this article that says, I keep bumping into Christians that need deliverance, and when I pray for them, they get delivered, they get set free. And, and so he's kind of arguing that a Christian can't. And man, oh man, you should have seen the next month's issue. Ooh, letters to the editor. Like, here came the manifestation of demons. <laughs> you know? I'm telling you, it stirred the pot. People were just really mad, adamant. Because it, you know, you know what stirred them up? Yeah. The enemy who doesn't want them to figure out that yes. You might need deliverance to get rid of that religious spirit that caused you to write that letter. I do this at home all the time. I put my glasses down, I walk away, and then I walk into some other room, I need my glasses, and my wife, my wife hears me holler. People get upset if you suggest that they need deliverance. You mean to say I'm demon-possessed? 
You trying to tell me I'm demon-possessed? I mean, I've had people say that to us. You, you mean to tell me I'm demon-possessed? I said, no. You're not demon-possessed, but there's an area of your life that's being influenced by, that's being influenced by a demon. You know, why don't we feel the same way about healing? I mean, talk to your doctor. Whoa, you trying to tell me I got diabetes? Whoa, you trying to tell me I got arthritis? I mean, just get mad, you know? It's the same thing. It really is. But we very willingly upset, uh, accept a, diag a physical diagnosis. But we don't want to admit a spiritual diagnosis that you might need deliverance. It, it, see, we, we got to get rid of this stigma. For some reason, like, you know, Jesus cast seven demons out of this sweet lady who became a sweet lady called Mary Magdalene. I mean, forever and ever, everyone in the world is going to know that Mary Magdalene had seven demons. But she got set free. And she followed Jesus and became a believer. And she's in heaven today because of deliverance. The confusion and the misunderstanding that's arisen concerning demons and Christians is this. There's a Greek word, diamonizomai. And it's translated some places demoniacs or demoniac. But it's translated many other times demon possessed. And that's not the correct translation, that's not the correct uh, definition. The word doesn't mean demon possessed, it means demonized. It means that some aspect of your personality is influenced or under the control of a demon. It doesn't now. Did, did, did Jesus cast demons out of people who were demon-possessed? Yeah, absolutely. The, the Gadarene demoniac. The guy was, was an absolute loony, demon-possessed individual. You know what it says about him? It says he broke the shackles. You know, these weren't shackles that were like styrofoam. These are metal shackles. He broke the shackles. Was driven into the wilderness, cut himself with stones. I mean, this guy was totally demon-possessed. Jesus set him free. But there were others, like this guy in the synagogue. I don't, I don't think this guy, I know, it doesn't say, but I just don't picture this guy in the synagogue being some totally demon-possessed wacko. He's some guy that's been coming to church there for years. So you can have an, an aspect of your person or personality that's, that's, that's influenced by a demon and not be totally demon-possessed. See, what, what we, I mean, we all know that human beings are spirit, soul, and body. We're, we're triune. We're spirit, soul, and body. Now, if, you, if, you, if the spirit of God is in your spirit, then you're not going to be, be demon-possessed. You're spirit-possessed. But it doesn't mean that the demon can't control some aspect of your, in the area of your soul or your body. I mean, look at the, look at the woman in, in Luke chapter, what was that, Luke chapter 13 or something. The woman that was bent over. Says for what, what, what did it say? For like 38 years or something? She was, she was bent over 
She could, that poor lady was walking around like this for 38 years. She couldn't get up. She didn't need back surgery. She needed deliverance. I mean, she had some stupid demon on her back that nobody could see, and it's humping her over, and she's having to walk, and 38 years, and Jesus said she had a spirit of infirmity. Or my Bible says she had a, a sickness caused by a spirit. And when Jesus set her free, she stood up. So it was fit. Now, we just read the scripture. There was a guy that was deaf and, deaf and dumb, deaf and mute. He didn't need his vocal cords operated on. He didn't need cochlear implants. He needed deliverance. Now, <clears throat> doesn't mean every deaf person is, has a spirit, but that one did. So sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's emotional. Fear, addictions, whatever. I mean, you know... John Madden, you know about John Madden, the football analyst? You know, he had this beauty, he had this huge, uh, like, Greyhound bus that he traveled around in because he wouldn't fly. So if he had a game uh, in, one, in, in New York City in one week and a game in L.A., he had, to, he had to drive. He drove across the country instead of flying, like, for five hours. He could be, it took him three or four days. He wouldn't fly. He was in fear of flying. It's a demon. Now, was he a totally warped and screwed up kind of guy? No. But he's being controlled in that area. My wife, can I tell that story? My wife, someone came over years ago, came over to our house, a friend of my wife's, friend of ours, a woman, and she said, God told me to come over. You want to tell that story? Well, me too. Correct me when I'm off. She said, God told me to come over here. Yeah, she's walking up to our house praying. And she said, God sent me here to pray for you. So they started praying. And basically, in a nutshell, what happened was, it's like God showed this woman that my wife had been conceived in a drunken rage. She had been conceived in a drunken rage by her father. Not by him, not by him. And when she found that out, they prayed over my wife and my wife said for the first time in my life I stood up straight now you wouldn't have noticed my I mean it was it was kind of an imperceptible it wasn't this it wasn't bent way over it was just kind of an imper but she said I felt like I stood up straight for the first time in my life well I um before that happened, I had to forgive my father and forgive my mother. First, when it was told to me, I said, "Oh my God! Only two, only uh, you know, only three people knew that: my father, my mother, and the Holy Spirit." And uh, and I forgave my parents, and uh, I truly did stand up straight for the first time in my life. I feel like a spirit had entered me at that moment of conception, and that it had affected my spine. And uh, I was never aware, I was told I had scoliosis, but I was not really aware that I was all that bent over. But when I, after that happened and the Lord set me free, I was able to stand straight. So, you know, the devil, he can get in, any, he comes in any time, any way he can. So because people don't understand, the, or they don't, Relate deliverance to the, the, the soul and the body. 
I'm telling you, there's a lot of Christians that spend their whole walk with God. Doesn't mean they're doesn't mean they're they're into sin or anything like that. But you can struggle your whole life with an issue and just struggle with it and struggle with it and, and finally get to heaven and find out that if you'd if you'd have had some deliverance on the earth, you could have got free. Can I give you what I believe is an example of that? Jimmy Swagger. You remember he got caught with a prostitute? Twice. He, you know what his real problem was? He belonged to a, don a denomination that taught a Christian can't have a demon. So here he is struggling with this, with this lust. And he's told, all you got to do is pray and resist it. Just pray and resist it. Just pray and resist it. And that thing got the better of him because you know what? The devil will outlast you. He knows that persistence wears down resistance. And he will hammer and hammer and hammer you and hammer. He doesn't get tired. He's going to hammer you and ha until, until you kind of buckle. And I just, I just, my heart went out to the brother. I thought if, 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 you'd have, if you hadn't had that, if you could have got some deliverance, you could have been free from that thing and just enjoyed life and not struggled with that and not been humiliated and embarrassed and everything else. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.